Good morning, fellow traders. Today is September 13th, 2021. My name is Keith. We got Nathan here. And in this podcast, for our 64th podcast, we're going to be talking a little bit about some fake news. Not all of it will be fake news. Uh, we'll touch a little bit on a smart contract that recently came out for a very large project. We'll dive a little bit into El Salvador's taxes and um, their opening up to the world for people who want to basically either trade or um, generate income through crypto. We'll talk about some very significant influencers who've been promoting some, let's say, interesting projects. We'll dive a little bit into the story of Walmart and a project that was um, quoted to be coming out as a payment gateway, um, which is a little bit of fake news, which we'll talk about. And then we'll end off the podcast talking about our man, Micro Sailor from MicroStrategy. So thank you very much for tuning in. And I'll pass the first story on to Nathan. So just to dive right in, we do have some bullish news coming out of the Cardano ecosystem about its final launch of the smart contracts that we've been waiting basically four years for. Uh, the Performante team, myself and Keith, have definitely been vocal critics of the Cardano just because it was founded in 2017 and they've taken four slow years to develop smart contracts. And when you compare this to its competitors, for example, Solana, BNB, Ethereum, Polkadot, Avalanche, the list goes on and on. They've definitely taken their sweet time. But as of yesterday, September 12th, at around 11 p.m. PST, they did release smart contracts. These called the Alonzo Upgrade. Uh, and this is something that's been a long time coming where it adds some usability of smart contracts into the ecosystem. Apparently, it is not full adoption yet. There is some limited usability. But uh, as of right now, there's been around 10,000 NFTs already minted in the Cardano ecosystem. And I do think that we will see some more decentralized applications like decentralized exchanges and other apps come and hit the market. But one thing that is important to consider is that Cardano uses a bit of a different programming language. Uh, and so, for example, it uses one called Haskell. And there is another one that it uses that is a bit more obscure called Plutus. And these two con these two programming languages are different than what most other smart contract platforms like Ethereum use. So this creates a different demand from the developers because they kind of have to familiarize themselves with this new language in order to develop uh, a product they're confident for on the Cardano ecosystem. Charles Hoskins says that these two languages are more secure and more robust, but I think that's kind of against what most programmers are leading to believe. And so we are really going to see if this Cardano ecosystem takes off. In my opinion, with this price decline today, it, it looks like it peaked. It looks like it peaked at around $3.20 there. Uh, and we've seen quite the pullback since then. And it'll be interesting to see if it makes that uh, if it makes that high again, because in my opinion, it's already priced in the hype in terms of its relative market cap and how it's performing relative to Bitcoin, Ethereum, BNB, etc. And I don't think there's that much higher of an upside unless we see a massive push from the rest of the market, just because it is very new. There's not that many products on it. And in my opinion, the market's already priced in the hype surrounding Cardano. Yeah, I completely agree. It's kind of the... 
buy the rumors, sell the news type of event where it was hyped up. Uh, Cardano obviously had an absolute monster of a move from kind of in the middle of the summer where it was like $1.20, $1.40, pumped all the way above $3 as you stated. Um, but now with the overall market pulling back, aligning with the buy the rumor, sell the news type event, um, it's no surprise that we are seeing a pretty significant pullback from Cardano. And I also do agree with it being priced in, in terms of the uh, new, smart new smart contracts that are being implemented. So we'll definitely keep everyone updated in that front. Um, it'd be interesting to see the dApps and like the decentralized exchanges that are coming out of Cardano, although we have seen a lot of different projects already kind of take that step before Cardano. So um, we'll see if that um, earlier action taken will be able to kind of keep more of the volume in their exchange. Because at this point where there's so many different exchanges that are really kind of fighting for volume and liquidity, um, and that would just be the end result of uh, individuals within a market deciding which network they want to choose. So um, I'm kind of going with more Solana and BNB and Ethereum, but um, there are a lot of individuals who are a big fan of Cardano. So I think that ecosystem and that space will still grow quite significantly. And moving on to the next topic, we're going to be talking a little bit about El Salvador and Bitcoin. Uh, they're basically looking to attract foreign investments by adopting major tax breaks on Bitcoin trading and really just the entire cryptocurrency market. And uh, to kind of quote uh, the uh, government uh, uh, representatives would be, if a person has assets in Bitcoin and makes high profits, there will be no tax. This is done obviously to encourage foreign investments. And uh, the individual also said that El Salvador will impose no tax on either capital gains or income generated through crypto. So this would be even liquidity pools, staking, any sort of real decentralized finance where you're able to generate an income through crypto, which is pretty unbelievable because you can get that double compound effect where you, you are not only appreciating in the asset that you're holding, but you're also making more of that asset. So it's a pretty... Uh, promising offer for the country of El Salvador to be offering basically a safe haven for major crypto enthusiasts. It kind of seems like it's the Puerto Rico of the world where Puerto Rico is like where a lot of United States citizens goes because they have reduced uh, taxes. So El Salvador does seem like they're trying to increase international investments and trying to get people who are really interested in crypto to basically come on over because they're getting massive tax breaks that you can't really find anywhere else. Yeah, I think it's going to become a haven for this new age of digital entrepreneurs and crypto investors. Uh, one interesting note is that El Salvador's sovereign wallet is called Chivo. Um, and this is basically what they're going to be using as the internal form of payment. I remember recently, I think they airdropped $40 of BTC to everyone who had set up their Chivo wallet. And it's interesting because the, there's some kind of internal features. For example, the wallet would temporarily halt Bitcoin transactions if the, the value of BTC collapsed. And this is just to minimize the impact of extreme volatility or price fluctuations. And to be honest, I'm not really sure how I feel about that. It's a little bit of a centralized control, a centralized stop loss on how the wallet could operate. It's a bit of an interesting application because it's designed to protect the consumers, but it's in itself, it's kind of against the idea of what BTC stands for.
another interesting component of this adoption that El Salvador is pushing is that all local merchants must accept BTC as a means of payment. And they also offer fee-less transactions to move it into U.S. dollars or to use special ATMs. So that's definitely reducing the friction for the, for the citizens of El Salvador when they are using their sovereign PTC wallet known as Chivo. Uh, and so just to move on to our next story, we do have a bit of fake news that hit the market um, concerning the Litecoin Foundation and Walmart. Uh, so the market was pretty hot uh, as of this morning, September 13th. We saw quite the big pump, specifically Litecoin went up over 30% from $175 to $225. And the rest of the market followed. BTC saw some buy volume and, as well as the alts. Um, and there was speculation that Walmart's e-commerce portion would have a pay with Litecoin option starting October 1st. Uh, which turned out to be not true at all, completely fake news. And if you kind of followed the trail of what blog posted it, who retweeted it, it did seem a little bit sus from the get-go. And of all projects that could really adopt <laughs> cryptocurrency, or of all projects that could be adopted on the e-commerce side of things, I think it would be pretty far-fetched to believe it would be Litecoin. In yeah. my opinion, Litecoin's pretty much a dead project. There's not much going on. There's no development. There's no... There's no creativeness going on with the project. It's basically just a cheap transactional coin that you can use when you need to move funds off your Coinbase wallet or something like that. Like there's really not that much going on. And I would be very surprised if a large institutional player like Walmart was like, yo, we're gonna pick we're gonna we're gonna revive this dead ass project yeah. for transactions. It just it really doesn't seem that likely. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, it was a pretty hyped coin back in like even like peak of 2017, it was still doing really well. But as time goes on, they're not really coming out with anything new and there's no marketing or anything like that. So um, it kind of was a hyped coin back in the day. It's in my view, in the same pool as where we saw, let's say, Chainlink um, was a really big one back then. Um, there's a few really big ones. Litecoin was another big one. There was like the BCH with the whole Bitcoin fork thing. Um, so, yeah, we're definitely seeing a lot more interesting projects come in um, kind of in the 2020, 2021 phase. So it's interesting that out of all the projects, they would pick Litecoin. Kind of ironic and, and kind of funny in that way. Um, so moving on to the um, next article here, we're going to talk a little bit about MicroStrategy and MicroSalar, the man who has been on a Bitcoin buying spree, a Bitcoin buying spree. So... Uh, right now, as of September 12th, he or the company, uh, MicroStrategy, owns 114,042 Bitcoin, which is an obscene amount of Bitcoin. Um, and recently, he has, on Monday, said that he has bought an additional 5,050 Bitcoin to add on to his total accumulated holdings. And in total, with the 114,042 Bitcoin, it is around a total amount of three hundred or uh, three point one six billion dollars, uh, with a B, with an average entry of around twenty seven thousand seven hundred and thirteen dollars uh, per Bitcoin. So, it's not like he's getting in at like uh, Chamath Papi Papi Hapatia, I believe is how you say his last name, um, where he was buying in at like sub hundred dollars, and he hasn't really sold any, and he's the very early entry smart money investor, like in my view, um, and he definitely made the right call, but we are now seeing these huge corporations just 
not even just like taking money out of their treasury, but, you know, offering bonds, offering them to, to, to get themselves deeper in debt in order to buy Bitcoin, because in the long run, the US dollars are going to be worth a lot less than the Bitcoin that Michael Saylor is purchasing right now. So it's pretty unbelievable to see the massive action taken by this man. But um, he is probably one of the biggest Bitcoin bulls and the fact that he has been in the tech space for a while and has seen a lot of these different financial entities come and go to me it makes makes him a valid individual to say that yes this is a technology that is extremely disruptive he's seen the growth of and the emergence of the internet so um, he's kind of viewing BTC as like the second wave where Bitcoin is the method of payment globally and it's also real estate because there's only going to be a certain amount of them and if it is going to be adopted as this global payment network and there's only a certain amount of coins you kind of you're basically purchasing a large chunk of manhattan in terms of bitcoin when you're looking at it from a real estate perspective like buying a large chunk of manhattan in like the late 1800s or like the early 1900s is what micro sailor is currently seeing in the market right now is he's buying as much as he can because in the future it'll be worth millions so um he's at this point kind of doing anything in his power leveraging his company to acquire more bitcoin yeah i mean his his egg nest is worth 5.1 billion dollars which is absolutely insane from 3.16 billion cost to 5.1 billion dollars in value that is quite the capital appreciation and it's also interesting to note that microstrategy is not a venture capital firm in fact they are a business intelligence software company that just owns a metric fuck ton of bpc (laughs) they've basically become a BTC investing firm that also offers some business intelligence software <laughs> solutions on the side. And it is interesting to see that dichotomy between what they started off doing versus what they're recognized for doing now. And yeah. so for our uh, our last episode here, we got some more, I guess you could call it kind of fake news. Uh, we got news from Kim Kardashian. So Kim Kardashian and Floyd Mayweather are two people that are largely in the public spotlight for various reasons. Obviously, Kim Kardashian, celebrity, had the sex tape, was married to Kanye West, very high profile. She has over 250 million followers on Instagram, and she took it upon herself to promote a cryptocurrency called Ethereum Max. Uh, same with Floyd Mayweather in a recent, before a recent fight, I think it was when he was fighting Logan Paul, mm-hmm. he wore an Ethereum Max t-shirt and he was kind of pumping it up, talking about the crypto. So we're seeing two celebrities basically pump up Ethereum Max, which has started some interesting conversations with the UK's Financial Conduct Authority, as well as I've seen a lot of people on Twitter just with their... Uh, with the form that have filled out to report them to the SCC over in America. So it'll be interesting to see if there is any follow-up with these two people. Obviously, they probably have very large legal teams behind them, so it's interesting to see that they sold out, accepted the accepted the payment, and decided to promote, because they must have been paid so much money for that degree of reach. Mm-hmm. Clearly, Ethereum Max must have dumped quite a bit of tokens on their community to pay for the marketing bill, because these are two really high profile influencers within the public spotlight who are like, yo, buy it, let's pump it up. So clearly <laughs> they got cash for marketing and they're the celebrities are willing to accept. 
Yeah, definitely. It's kind of interesting to see how some tokens or like some assets in general don't receive that much corporate capital to promote it in terms of the marketing, in terms of the advertising, but they do really well and they absolutely blow up. And then you see other companies that spend millions of dollars to get in front of the eyes of thousands or hundreds of thousands of um, people, maybe even millions of people, and they still never, they still really never get quite off the ground. And definitely seems like the case for uh, this project here, Ethereum Max, but um, don't think this is really going to be stopping in terms of individuals promoting small market cap projects that want to get in front of the face of people. But um, yeah, like you said, really interesting to see the Ethereum Max project pass the due diligence of the two parties involved because um, yeah, you're 100% right. They must have some sort of um, team to look into projects that they promote. So interesting to see it pass um, both Floyd Mayweather as well as Kim Kardashian's um, due diligence team. So that's basically going to be wrapping up this podcast. Just want to uh, touch on the last thing, um, basically kind of comparing how much crypto Michael Saylor has versus, um, let's say, a country like El Salvador. Um, I just wanted to kind of have a good understanding because the numbers that Michael Saylor is pulling is pretty unfathomable, but um, El Salvador holds around 550 Bitcoin, which is worth around, let's say, $26 million. So I just wanted to put a put into perspective how much accumulation Michael Saylor is actually um, uh, doing right now or like accumulating right now. So massive respect for the man and I'll leave the rest of the podcast here uh, for Nathan and thank you very much for tuning in. Appreciate the time you have taken to listen to us banter about the crypto news. We did have some diverse stories, some fake news, some real news. Just wanted to keep it uh, lighthearted and cover some of the diverse topics because obviously with this Cardano launch, uh, people are hyped up, but the market momentum is not really following what people want to do. So prime example of buy the rumors, sell the news. Uh, and as we head into the second half of the bull market, we do think September will be a bit of a quiet month for BTC. When we are looking historically, that's kind of in line with how it performs month over month on the calendar basis. Uh, but we do think we are going to have a bullish end of the year heading into October, November, December, and early stage 2022. Crazy just how quick this year has gone by. Time flies when you're having fun in crypto and never a dull moment in this ecosystem. So on that bombshell, great place to end the episode. Appreciate the time you've taken. Stay safe. Take care, everyone.